Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, one and all. This is Robert Rogers. I'm the founder of Parkinson's Recovery. We've been now conducting focused research on the factors that cause the symptoms of Parkinson's disease and the therapies and modalities that help reverse it for over one long, marvelous decade. My program today focuses on an issue that I have been hearing about ever since 2004, ever since I immersed myself as a researcher in investigating what are the causes of Parkinson's disease and what can people do to actually reverse those symptoms. The one perplexing challenge for many individuals turns out to be Issues that are connected with the use of medications, specifically Parkinson's medications. And this clearly is a challenge for individuals who happen to be neurologists and other medical doctors who prescribe those medications. Here's typically what happens, and of course there are a few exceptions, but in general this turns out to be the story. An individual is diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. It may be at somewhat uh, an advanced stage. The doctor suggests if the person would like, they can try some Parkinson's medications. The person then begins to take them, and several outcomes result. Uh, One outcome, which of course is the desired outcome, is that all of a sudden, the symptoms vanish. It's a quite a wonderful celebration for some individuals. And then what happens is that after a period of time, the symptoms uh, begin to reemerge, and of course, additional medications are needed for that particular day. Medications are very successful for some individuals and unsuccessful for others, as any neurologist will be happy to admit. I'm really happy to celebrate the fact that those medications are available. I suspect some individuals think that I'm a person who doesn't think it's a viable option since I clearly focus on natural options that help people reverse their symptoms. That's not actually true. Medications are an option. I have interviewed a surprising number of individuals who report that taking prescription medications for Parkinson's really turn their life around. It's especially essential and helpful if a person is at the point where they are pretty much disabled and not able to function, can't walk, can't talk, can't think. I mean, it's to the point where uh, they're they're seriously disabled. Well, sometimes taking these uh, medications can provide an almost instant outcome for individuals, which, of course, is the welcome result that we would all like. It is a suppression of symptoms, But at that point, who cares? The fact is that the person needs to get back up so they can function, think, walk, talk, and begin to get back on with their life. And, of course, at that point, if the person would like, they can begin to explore factors that can be addressed that help healing from the inside out. That is, instead of just suppressing symptoms, the individual can then figure out what's causing the problem and then address those causes. The problem, as it turns on the use of medications is that over time, more and more medications need to be taken in order to be able to achieve the same degree of 
satisfactory result. In other words, the on-times eventually begin to decrease. The off-times, when a person is feeling pretty horrible, begin to increase. Of course, at that point, the person makes a new visit appointment to their medical doctor, and uh, depending on the doctor, they oftentimes will suggest a modification of the medications, which means that a larger or a quantity or a larger dose of the medications can be tried and oftentimes this this does succeed, not just for a few months, but for some people for a number of years. And then, of course, additional adjustments are necessary. Now, in many cases, unfortunately, the adjustments tend to be on the increase. Now, the really unfortunate end of the story is that for some individuals, what happens is that they begin to keep increasing the medication, increasing the medication, to achieve the same result of having increased on times and decreased off times. And then at a certain point, the frustration of the individual as well as their doctor is that even prescribing the maximum dose of Parkinson's medications doesn't seem to have any effect whatsoever. Now, talking about a frustrating experience, a person is taking a lot of medications, they may be experiencing some side effects of those, and they're not even getting the benefit of increased on times and decreased off times. In fact, it can be the case for many individuals at that point when the actual on times are really very infrequent, if totally infrequent altogether. That then clearly is not a scenario that anybody would like to confront. And so the questions that I am continuously asked and have been for the past 10 years are, okay, what can I do about this? So it's not a question of saying or thinking to yourself, oh, I've made a terrible mistake. I started this uh, regimen of prescription medications and look at what the place I'm in right now. This is terrible. No, 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 no. It's not as, it's not as if that was a poor decision. Again, I want to repeat, it may be that that was the wisest decision that you could have made. And yes, it is certainly true that there are many individuals who elect to try medications and what they find is a dismal result. They have way too many side effects. They don't even get the increased in off times. In other words, their body does not respond. And for whatever reason, that particular treatment is not successful. So it's not as if these medications work for all persons. Again, as any medical doctor will be happy to verify. The question then, again, is, okay, what can I do about this? I'm taking more and more medications. My doctor and I are both frustrated. My doctor is at the point of suggesting some surgery, which is called deep brain stimulation surgery. They actually, it's pretty invasive. They insert a couple of these rods right into your middle of your brain, and then they connect up some wires uh, underneath your skin from your brain all the way down to your chest and insert a battery into your chest. And then uh, the battery controls an electrical impulse uh, that is sent into the very midbrain, uh, the substantia nigra, and uh, that uh, then is what is able to reduce the dosage of medication that you actually take. And uh, that, that particular treatment is very successful for some people, so we're happy that that's actually available as an option. The downside of those kinds of surgeries is that those batteries have to be replaced, so that requires some 
additional surgery of having to go in and replace the battery. And so for some people, that's not an option that they want to pursue at all, or they want to also want to avoid the possible complications of that type of surgery. So this is a sort of a long way of explaining that when you go down that path, there are some options, uh, and yet uh, they can be challenging, and they can involve considerable risk. So once again, the questions that I have been asked over and over uh, turn on, well, okay, what, what can I do about this? And I have to report to you as a researcher, I have struggled with answering that question and being able to really understand what's involved and what a person can really do to help themselves. I'm airing the program today because I do have a new, and I believe it's a fresh perspective for you to consider that I think will really help put you on a track of being able to explore ways that you can, in fact, reduce the dose of medication that you're taking and actually experience increased on times and decreased off times if, in fact, you're a person who is currently taking medications. And before, as I have you right on the edge of your seats, uh, before I actually begin to discuss that new approach, let me invite anybody to call in to the program right now and be happy to answer any and all questions that you might have, not only about medications, but about any topic related to Parkinson's disease. The call-in number is 347 nine four five five three five eight and then you just push the number one to be able to connect. There's also a long distance toll free number and that's eight seven seven five nine zero zero seven three three. You should see those call in numbers right on your radio show page. And you uh, basically need to just push the number one to let me know you'd like to be able to ask a question. So where has my research, where has my thinking led me? I have a confession to make. I actually got the insight of how to think about this from my son, Jonathan. Jonathan has basically encountered a significant challenge in his life with addiction to alcohol. And over the years, he has made many attempts to wean himself off of what has been a pretty serious addiction so we've had many, many conversations about what he has discovered in his own journey of attempting to basically eliminate uh, the dependence on alcohol as an opiate. Jonathan, in the last couple of months, decided to go into a residential treatment facility in order to be able to, first of all, uh, dry out, I believe they call it, in other words, a, a three- or four-day period where a uh, person is no longer drinking the alcohol and is able to basically uh, go through that experience without having any serious medical problems. He then went through uh, some pretty intensive counseling uh, for an entire month. It was all an in-house kind of a program. He got out, and now he's very successfully going to meetings and basically is able to keep off of those medications, and his body in terms of the overall health has improved immeasurably. And so in these kinds of discussions, uh, what Jonathan has taught me and what some of the material that I've received from some of the counselors and healthcare professionals about the addiction of alcohol is that the addiction of alcohol is really similar to all sorts of addictions to opiates, whether they are painkillers, heroin, 
or any of the other mood-altering, either legal or even illegal drugs. Apparently, young people now are taking a lot of painkillers because they're less expensive, and then the painkillers lead to the use of heroin, which is not as expensive as cocaine. Now, what Jonathan explains to me is that the use of anything, it doesn't matter whether it's cocaine or heroin or methane or alcohol, they all really are doing the same thing, and that's obviously altering the chemistry in the brain. And then I realized, well, wait a minute, it looks like the process of a person who is an opiate user or an alcoholic is really quite similar to what a person who is taking Parkinson's medications is experiencing. So what happens to a person who is, uh, for example, a heroin addict or an alcoholic, as my son was, for example? Well, what happens is they start with a pretty low dose, and they're getting wonderful results in terms of feeling absolutely magnificent. Now, of course, for a person experiencing Parkinson's symptoms, uh, this basically means that their symptoms abate and so they're able to get on with their life without having the hassle of movement challenges or thinking clarity issues or issues with eating or issues with tremors that can be uh, somewhat embarrassing, particularly in public professional situations. So in the initial stages, the use of opiates can be quite a high and quite exciting, but of course, as we all know, over time, what a person has to wind up doing is taking more and more of the heroin, and then uh, they get basically addicted to the use of that. And then, of course, if a person is an alcoholic, it's the same story. They begin to have to take more and more alcohol in order to get the same high. And so I see the basically similarity between all of these opiates uh, to be also very similar to what a person with Parkinson's experience. Now, now clearly, the Parkinson's medications are not painkillers. Uh, they are not uh, these kinds of horrendous uh, heroin or cocaine kinds of uh, stimulants. Um, they're not doing harm in that way in any sense of the word, and they're prescribed uh, for benefit. Uh, but in the end, I think the process winds up being the same. So why is the process similar? Well, what the street drugs do, what the alcohol does, is it basically winds up giving the brain a huge flush of dopamine. And then that's what gives the person this incredible euphoric high. Well, of course, that's what the Parkinson's medications do as well. Their whole purpose is to be able to provide a supplement to the body of dopamine. Okay, so far, so good. Now, the difficulty with that is if that were a steady state, then all would be well and good. But it's not. What the body basically does is it reduces its willingness and capacity to produce dopamine on its own. In other words, the body itself becomes dependent on an external source of dopamine. And that winds up for a person who's looking for relief in Parkinson's symptoms to a situation where they're taking one or two or several medications that all are attending to, in one way or another, either directly or indirectly, induce additional dopamine flushes in the body. So my point really is the following. Begin to think about in your own research and your own investigations about the similarity 
between issues with taking Parkinson's medications and the issues that persons who are addicted to opiates confront. It seems to me both of them are very similar in terms of their character. So that's the issue as I see it. It allows you to look in an entirely different place to find solutions to how, in fact, you can, while continuing medications, find that you can get the same result without having to increase those medications. In other words, you might actually also, of course, be able to reduce medications altogether using some natural therapies and healing from the inside out. But as a next case scenario, I'm also suggesting that it seems to me can be also possible for you to be able to, if you're doing some natural complementary approaches that are actually used for persons who are cocaine addicts or heroin addicts or alcoholics, in other words, people who are addicted to opiates use, I think you might find that you're going to discover that there may be some companion therapies that you can consider in consultation with your doctor that might actually provide some answers to this most perplexing question, which turns on, okay, I'm having to take more and more medications. I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm addicted. What in the world do I do now? Where do I turn? Now, in this particular program, I want to also begin to discuss what I find to be a marvelous possibility for a direction that you can pursue, given this framework that I'm introducing to you. But before I do that, I want to make sure that everyone listening into the program today knows about the signal event that we are sponsoring through Parkinson's Recovery which will be at the Alderbrook Resort in Union, Washington, our Jump Start to Recovery program. That's November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. I must say I've been working on this program now for actually six months, but intensively for the last two weeks. We now, given that we've received the goals from the participants who've already registered, we have been able to develop an agenda of program activities uh, for this particular experience that I think are, quite frankly, spectacular. We have a couple of guests that are coming in to do some amazing work. We're going to have Kristen Rubus, who is this sound healer. She brings in all sorts of gongs and bells and sounds that basically provide toning that is able to provide some incredible relief and healing from the inside out. We also are going to have a spectacular presentation by Lisa Struving, who was a guest on my radio show just last week. Lisa is a physical therapist. There have been a number of individuals who are attending our Jumpstart program next week who are interested in the answers through physical movement and exercise. So Lisa is going to provide some wonderful demonstrations, and we'll also all be doing that as a group together. So she'll be offering that at the program as well. And then Deborah Russell and I will be joining together in the program to provide some actual 
skills and tools and activities that people can do that will help them find sustained relief from whatever symptoms they might be experiencing. The focus then is not in the program on medications or treatments. We're not medical doctors, so we're not qualified uh, to be able to address any of that, nor am I really knowledgeable enough to do any of that. But we do address the kinds of reasons that lie underneath the symptoms, and we provide you with the skills of being able to address those. I hope that you can join us for our Jumpstart to Recovery program. I have to report that we have 24 individuals who are scheduled to attend, and most of those, 90%, are actually coming from the East Coast of the United States and Canada. So we don't have uh, but uh, maybe three uh, participants who are coming from anywhere on the West Coast or any states in the western part of the United States. So I'm a little concerned that people have not heard about our program. Please help us spread the word that the program is on, and we welcome any and all people to attend. Jumpstart to Recovery, November 1st through 3rd. It's a live event, and then, of course, we have continuing support after the program that's available as well. So it's an intensive, exciting, transformative experience for all. The website that has information about the program is www.jumpstart.parkinsonsrecovery.com. Of course, you can also email me, robert at parkinsonsrecovery.com, or we've also, of course, got our long-distance number that you can always call for additional support and information. That's 877-526-4646. We haven't offered a Jumpstart to Recovery Life program in five years, so I must say we're excited about actually offering this as our seminal, spectacular event of 2015. <clears throat> now, you're probably, again, for the second time, on the edge of your seats wondering, okay, so this is a new way of thinking about what I'm up against. That's fine. That's good. We know that people who have these very serious addictions to opiates and painkillers and street medications, or I should say drugs, uh, have a terrible struggle. And I think that's also true of persons who experience Parkinson's symptoms. If they try to reduce their medications, most people experience an enhanced problem with the symptoms that just go off the charts. So what have I discovered can really make a difference? Well, my exciting news for you today is I've come across an individual who I am very impressed with, who is named Julia Ross, J-U-L-I-A. Her last name is Ross, R-O-S-S. Julia has written a most marvelous book, which is titled The Mood Cure, M-O-O-D, and the second word of her marvelous book is Cure, C-U-R-E. Now, I had hoped that today I would have Julia as a guest on my radio show. She has agreed, and eagerly so, to be a guest on the radio show, but not until February of 2016. So you might wonder, well, my heavens, why, why do we have to wait uh, three or four months to hear her wisdom? 
on the Parkinson's Recovery radio show? Well, the answer I have for you is that she's actually writing another book uh, about how you can use antioxidants and other kinds of natural supplements to address the issue of weight gain. And her publisher apparently said, well, she or he did not want her to come on to our radio show and talk about uh, the mood cure uh, because the fear was that she would sort of leak into her new book, which is not going to be released until February. So we will be having her on the show at the point of releasing her new book. And, of course, she'll talk a bit about her new book, but also I'm going to get her to talk about her recommendations for individuals who have this particular problem with uh, taking medications, having to take more medications for the same result, and then uh, coming up against a barrier and realizing that more medications are not going to actually make a difference. Now, what's the section in the book that I want to invite your attention to? So you can get the book at the library. It's it's been a very uh, excellent bestseller book, so you're not going to have any problem ordering it from your library and, uh, uh, you know, having access to it. Well, I think the section in the book that I want to recommend that you pay particular attention to is, surprisingly, the section where they are talking about addictions. So if you look at that particular section, there is in the book some recommendations of how you can proceed, given that addiction might be actually an issue. So if you look at her discussion, for example, of alcoholism, then you'll see that she's got some suggestions of what you can do as a companion to be able to help basically reduce the reliance on alcohol as a dopamine stimulant. So you see, as I see it, it's really a similar issue. Now, chemically, obviously, it's different. And so speaking technically, uh, we would probably be criticized by people who would say, but wait a minute, there's a whole different process. But from the big picture point of view, I want to say I think it's the same thing. And so my thinking is that I believe you'll find that the kind of recommendations that she offers in her book for being able to adjust some of these natural hormonal imbalances might provide a wonderful set of solutions for being able to reduce, not just hold steady, but even reduce the dosage of medications that you are currently taking. In other words, this will trigger the body's ability to manufacture dopamine naturally. And, of course, many people think, well, we have to get it externally. No, 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 no. The body knows how to do this. The body is well equipped to be a manufacturer of dopamine. But it has to be able to have the correct substances to be able to do that. So what you'll find in the book is a set of recommendations for foods that you can eat that will be able to enhance the natural ability of the body to produce dopamine. And we've had a number of exciting radio shows already from people who have identified some of those foods. Uh, Julia Ross very simply lists other kinds of approaches and foods and dietary regimens that can help you be able to get the support that you need. That will, again, induce the body's natural ability to produce dopamine. 
So the bottom line is that when you're giving your body a dopamine stimulant, and and in this case with Parkinson's medications, it's by giving L-DOPA, which is the precursor to actually producing dopamine, then the body basically then just disables its natural ability to make dopamine. So what you want to do is you want to reactivate that natural ability. So it's not a question of weaning off totally of medications. What you want to do is to have a balance and, of course, talk with your doctor about whatever decisions you might elect to pursue in terms of whatever supplements you might want to decide to take. So I don't want to here go on the air with specific suggestions of supplements that you might want to race out and get. I think it'll help if you'll step back and do a little research on your own and see what she has to say about addictions. And second of all, she's not the only one. There are several people out there that have written marvelous books on basically how you can wean yourself off of addictive behavior. And so basically cast a wide net. And by that I mean scan the research, scan the books that have covered issues on people who are addicted to heroin or to cocaine. And look to see, okay, what are the suggestions that medical professionals have given to people who incur just those kinds of problems? It may be that you'll find an answer that will be the perfect solution for you in being able to find ways to reduce the dosage of medication that you actually take. To repeat myself now, the issue, as I see it, is that when you're taking these medications externally, the body begins to see that that's going to be the primary source of the dopamine, and it deactivates its mechanism for doing that internally. So what you want to do is to re-trigger the body's ability to manufacture dopamine naturally. And the way you can do that is through your dietary decisions and also through taking some very selective supplements. Amino acids are some of the primary kinds of suggestions that Julia Ross recommends. You may be familiar with some people out there, uh, particularly Dr. Marty Hines, who has been recommending amino acids as a treatment for Parkinson's. And so certainly uh, there's not just one, but a number of individuals who are taking this tactic. I like Julia Ross's approach because it's natural. The kinds of things that she recommends do not have any side effects. And as I see it, for people who want to go down this particular path on their journey down the road to recovery, I suspect that you're going to find some decisions that you can make about foods that you eat and perhaps a few supplements that you elect to take that may actually work miracles in terms of reducing the increase in medications that you actually have to take. So I I'm well aware that many of you are thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, why don't you just give me a list? I'll take the following two or three amino acids and then I'll eat uh, bananas and eggplant, and I'll be good to go. And that's all that you really like to hear. Well, my final comment on my program today is the following. The one factor that separates people who have success with reversing the symptoms that are associated with Parkinson's disease from those who are not is that those who are successful 
take full and complete control over all of the decisions that they actually make. That's the bottom line, folks. So an individual who says, all right, I'm going to figure this out for myself. I'm going to begin to think about this issue from the perspective of what do people who have addictions to heroin or or cocaine or alcohol or tobacco, what do folks who have those kinds of uh, addictions confront and how do they solve their problems? My guess is that you're going to find some solutions for yourself that you had not actually even thought about before hearing my program today. So chase on that same path. Everybody's body is different. The solutions for everyone will be different as well. There's no standard formula that will solve the problem for everyone since the factors that contribute to Parkinson's disease are so multifaceted. There's so many factors that are actually creating the symptoms that you're actually experiencing. I think it also helps to step away from a particular label of Parkinson's disease. So while at our Jumpstart to Recovery program, we're clearly drawing individuals who do have diagnoses of Parkinson's disease, the program's emphasis is on how anyone can reverse their symptoms, whatever symptoms they might actually be experiencing. So it's all about healing from the inside out. It's all about a person taking full control over figuring out what it is that's causing their symptoms and what they can actually do about it. So it's not actually so much the case of what you decide to do. What's most important is that you take full control over the decisions that you actually make. Now, having said that, what I'm really suggesting is begin to do some of your own investigation, some of your own research, come up with some suggestions for yourself that you think might work in terms of dietary changes and perhaps taking some amino acids, and um, talk with your doctor about those choices and see if they're receptive, and then look forward to the radio show that I will be airing with Judy Ross in February where you can ask her all of your questions. Now, she has a clinic in, I believe, Oregon, where uh, she provides assistance to individuals uh, who confront addictions and other kinds of issues. Sometimes a lot of the people I think that she actually helps are people who have weight problems. In other words, they have an addiction to food, which is another form of addiction that needs to be addressed, of course. So what I want to suggest is with this new framework, with this new thinking about what you're up against if you've decided to take Parkinson's medications, okay, Make a decision to find some solutions for yourself. If you don't take any action now, if you don't take control, the end result from my research is that you will be faced with having to take more and more medications in order to get the same result. Because you're taking more and more medications, your body is going to begin to struggle with basically discharging the residue from the medications that your body is not using. In other words, the kidneys are going to get overloaded, the liver is going to get toxed out. It's not that these medications are toxic in themselves. It's just that you're taking so much of it, your body's not able to assimilate everything in the medication itself. So your body's going to begin to get taxed. The organs are going to begin to get overloaded. So what you want to do is to reduce that kind of demand on the organs in your body so that your body can begin to function more normally. And to do that, that means that you want to, if possible, not increase the medication to the max. 
So that's the idea that I want to float to you today on my radio show. Begin to do your own search. Uh, get the Mood Cure book either directly from Amazon, uh, and I'll have a link here on the radio show page so you can actually just purchase the book. We've—I have to confess—my in my family, we've not just bought one, but we've got a—we bought a number of these books that we've given to our family members, and I think Deborah's actually uh, given some of the books to some of her clients. So we find the book to be a marvelous resource, and I'm pleased and. Happy to announce that Julia Ross will be a guest on the radio show, but not until early next year. So get ready. Get your questions prepared. Uh, be thinking about some solutions that perhaps you had not yet considered, and we'll cover all of that in great detail in our program in February. But you don't have to wait until February to be able to get some sustained support on your journey down the road to recovery our Alderbrook Jumpstart to Recovery program is convening in seven days from now. We're going to be in Union, Washington at the resort hotel called Alderbrook. It's really a spectacular hotel. We've got a discount rate at the hotel for everyone that's going to be attending the program. And I must say that I'm excited about the program. I've designed it off of the goals that participants have submitted. So we have a set of experiential activities that we're going to be inviting everybody to participate in that will help you develop the habits that will lead to being able to be successful in reversing your symptoms. So it does require some change of habits. And once I think you do that, you're going to be you're going to marvel at the ability that you're going to have to be able to see a relief in your symptoms. So uh, obviously, we're not talking specifically about any one particular approach that helps reverse symptoms. What we're getting at is what lies at the foundation of what's causing the problem. And, of course, what we'll be addressing in part will be thought forms that are not in your best and highest good, traumas that you have experienced in your lifetime that have not yet been released and then entanglements in your family systems. In other words, one reason why people really do not see good results is there is some entanglement, something in their family that's basically holding this disease in place. So we're going to address all of those issues, but we're not going to just be talking about all that. We're going to provide you with some tools and skills that you can take home with you that will be able to be used as a way of finding sustained relief from your symptoms. So we are an action group. <laughs> We're folks who have figured out what you can do for yourself, how you can take full control over your own recovery. I hope you can join us at our Jumpstart to Recovery program at Alterbrook. We don't do very many of these, so this is a rare opportunity to see not only myself in person, but Deborah Russell, an amazing multidimensional healer, and then all of our other incredible healers that will be there to support your journey down the road to recovery. So the website is Jumpstart, J-U-M-P-S-T-A-R-T dot parkinsonsrecovery.com that's where you can sign up 
and join us at the Alderbrook Resort. The hotel still has spaces. The program still has room, and we invite you to join us at the Alderbrook program. Again, it's only seven days from now, so it's time to make a decision if you want to join us or not. If you have any questions, be sure to give me a call. I'd be happy to provide whatever help I can. The number here is 877-526-4646. And that's the gist of my discussion today. It's the first part of a two-part program. Again, the next part you're going to hear aired in February of 2016, where we'll have the amazing Julia Rost as my guest, who will be talking very specifically about the kinds of choices you can make. And I want to suggest you can call into the show and actually get some personal consultations from her about what decisions you might want to make. So that'll be a rare opportunity to get some wonderful guidance from somebody who has a lot of experience with how you can reduce addictions to, in this case, it would be, of course, uh, the addictive tendency toward needing these kinds of medications. So I don't see that we have anybody who has called in to have any questions answered, so I don't need to respond spontaneously to anyone who has called in. But I want to invite those of you who called in uh, to join us again at the Alderbrook Jumpstart to Recovery program. November 1st, we kick off at 7.30 in the evening. Registration is at 7 o'clock in the evening. And then we conclude on Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. And that's, you guessed it, what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are handsome, all the men are smart, and all the children are truly loved. Know that by virtue of the fact you are listening to this radio show today, that you indeed are on the road to recovery. Good day.